You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. When he said to them, he said, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. I'm going to go back up to around verse uh, 42. After he withdrew from them, he withdrew from those he came with, knelt down and prayed. One version says he fell down on his face and prayed. 42 says, he said, Father, if you're willing, will you allow me not to go through this? Will you remove this cup from me? He said, nevertheless, someone say nevertheless. He said, not my will, but yours be done. For this first week, I want to talk from this topic. It could go either way. It could go either way. We look at someone and say, it could go either way. Some of you are at that crossroad that you're at. And if you really would tell the truth, it could go either way. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, be glorified. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this opportunity to share with your people. Um, let me not take for granted that you called me. Since you called me, I surrender to you. Be glorified in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Tell somebody else it could go another way. It could go either way. It could go either way. Either way. We're journeying, journeying, rather, through and to um, the cross and past the cross, actually, because what is it to go to the cross, get to the cross, and not realize what the purpose of it was or what the purpose of it is? Um, so we're going to go there, but we're going to come back and leave after the cross because we don't want to stay there. Robert Frost, in The Road Not Taken, says, Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent to the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as far and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same and both that morning equally lay and leave no step had trodden back. Oh, I had kept the first for another day Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I should be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled, and that has made all the difference. Choices. Many of us are at the road diverged in between the wood of choices. When we look at the word choice, the word choice is defined as the act of picking between two or more possibilities. There's a possibility that it could go this way, and there's the possibility that it could go that way. It is two roads that are diverged into one that I could move any direction that I choose. I'm at the valley of decisions. Is there anybody in the room who would be honest enough to say I'm at decision point? I'm could it could go either way, like it could go bad, it could go good, but I'm in a place of decisions. When we look at this particular chapter and look at chapter 22 of Luke, Jesus starts out with it says he starts out with a feast of unleavened bread and as he moves from the feast of unleavened bread, it says in verse 3 that Satan entered into Judas who was one of the 12. Uh, he went to go meet with some people who wanted to get Jesus, but they could not get to Jesus without somebody in the crew selling him out. They could not get to Jesus because his posse or his people that were around him, his disciples, or as Medea would say, his disciplines were very uh, tight and no one could get to him. But they could not get to him unless someone um, gave Jesus their, uh, their location of where Jesus was. So Judas only went to these people because Satan had entered him. It's very important to note that because in the midst of everybody's circle, Somebody is the weak link. 
there's always somebody in your circle. I know you don't want to think of your circle like that. No, you don't want to think of your friendships like that and think that there's anybody that would ever sell you out. But you have to make sure that you keep trusted people around you because if not, if you're not careful, somebody will do anything for an amount of money. Somebody will tell anything for a price if the price is right. And that's where Judas went. When the price was right, he said what he needed to say. So we move from uh, the betrayal where, well, not the, the act that happened yet. This is what I want to say first. Before the act of betrayal is always the thought of betrayal. Betrayal doesn't happen with action before it first is planted with thought. Ask someone beside you, what are you thinking about? The thought entered into Satan, uh, entered into Judas, the thought entered, and then he started to get permission or get into the position for the action to follow. And then it says in verse 7, when the day came for unleavened bread and on the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, it says that they went to prepare the Passover and as they were passing over, as they were celebrating, preparing that, they had the guests were in the room and they started to get ready to eat and they started to prepare for the institution of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper being the place where uh, we often find that that was the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples and with his those that he had been teaching. And as he had prepared this particular meal, which had unleavened bread and some wine, and as he said, I'm preparing to suffer. He said, I'm getting ready to leave here. And it says, and he took the cup and it says, and when he had given thanks, he said, take this. And then he divided them among themselves. And he then took the drink and he said, take this. And he took the bread and given things and he broke it and he gave it. And he said, this is my body for which was given to you. I want you to always do this even when I'm gone in remembrance of me. Remember my body that was broken. Remember the blood that was shed for you. And he says in verse 21 he says behold the hand of him who betrays me is with me at this table when's the last time you checked your table the person who's going to betray me is already here the person who's going to sell me out is already close to me he's already in the vicinity Scripture says that it never says in Scripture, I heard um, a teacher, Reverend Dr. Um, Glover, she said that it never says, uh, Scripture says that when the person whose hand is here, it never says that the betrayer dipped his hand in the, the particular place with Jesus. But sometimes when your hand doesn't have to dip in Jesus, but your hand is present. He says, she said that because a lot of times when you take the Lord's Supper, when you participate in it, those who are saved, the Lord's Supper is a place of repentance. It's a place of drawing and altar call and inner check. It's an invitation. But for those, uh, for those who are not saved and those who only look at him as the Lord, uh, the, he's the one who had, they have their hand in his hand, but they don't allow them to, to be gripped with God. They just, they're just around. They're just sitting around. It is not an invitation. It is a place of condemnation. It is a place where what you plan to do starts to condemn you. And you start to think it's a little hot up here. There's, I'm starting to think about what I'm planning to do, even though I haven't done it. So I'm not drawn into his presence. I'm feeling condemned because of what I'm thinking about doing. There are some people that are sitting in this room who haven't done anything yet. But your, condemning, your condemnation is coming from what you plan to do. But I want to say to you right now, you can change course right now if you want. You can change course at any moment. Someone say, I can change course. I can change course, which means I'm at a crossroads and it can go any, any way. And they start to ask among themselves, which one of us is the betrayer? The question that bothered me about that, uh, Brother Marcus, is when you say which one of us is a betrayer, that means there could be a little piece of betraying in all of us. If I have to ask which one of us is the betrayer, that means there's a little bit of portraying in me too. Because if it wasn't in me, I would not be questioning myself. 
It's one thing when you're able to judge people with a pure conscience. But when you're not able to judge with a pure conscience, you don't judge them because you're saying it's only by the grace of God it could have been me. Is anybody that can be honest right now that the reason you don't put your mouth on other people is because you're saying if it had not been for his grace, you would have been finding something out about me. If it wasn't about his grace, I could have been out. Is there anybody that could take a moment to say it's only his grace that I've been covered? That's why they say, which one of us? So they go on and they have this conversation. They say, start talking and they start talking about who would be the greatest among us and which one of us. After you go from betrayal to now we want to go to hierarchy. Isn't that something how we go from uh, having being people who could betray Jesus, but then we want to be in positions at the same time? How are you going to put a betrayer in position? So you mean to tell me you possibly could betray me, and then I'm going to put you in a position that you have authority betray me? I'm going to put you in a position that you have authority to do something over me someone say not so ain't nobody got time for that not so not so not so at all so they start having these conversations around each other and then jesus neville he levels the playing field and he levels it and he says simon i want to say something to you he says satan this microphone is a little bit hot i sound like i'm in texas somewhere because it's so hot i feel like bishop jace can hear me preaching all the way from kentucky which is very possible but i'm thinking to myself that Simon, Jesus levels the room and he says, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. What does sift mean? It means he desires to separate you from yourself. He desires to put you in a place that you can't even find who you started out being. To the place that you're presently right here, but your mind is somewhere else. Your body is in one place, but your mind is in another place. I'm worshiping the God of my salvation, but I'm also thinking about the past of my, my pleasant things that I love. I'm in a position that Satan wants to divide me between my good and my bad, where I can't find my good or my bad. I don't know if I'm sanctified or I'm stupid. I don't know exactly what's going on with me right now. I want to be righteous, but my ratchet keeps rising up. He's sifting me trying to separate me that I can't even find myself so when somebody asks me how I'm doing I'm saying I can't find myself enough to really tell you what's going on with me because the real truth is I feel all over the place because Satan is trying to pull me apart trying to pull me apart well I'm trying to grab my things but I can't find the things to grab Satan's trying to sift me at wheat. He says, but this is the encouraging thing. Even though he's trying to separate you, I prayed for you. He said, I prayed for you. Because somebody said, Jesus prayed for me. And sometimes people don't know when to shout. Because he didn't say that you won't go through something. He said, what you go through, I've already prayed for you before you go into it. Before you go into this season, I've already covered you. Someone said, I'm already covered. I know it feels strange. I know it feels like a lot's going on, but I've already got you covered. He said, I've already prayed for you. And what did you pray, Jesus? That's important sometimes. Uh, sister, uh, Dick in this lot. Sometimes I need to ask people, when you say you're praying for me, what did you pray? Because some people are not praying for you. Some people are praying against you. So sometimes I need to ask you, when you say you're praying for me, can you tell me the words that you really say? Because I feel a little opposition. I feel a little hateration. I feel like you really don't want what's good for me. I feel like you like my struggle. I feel like you like me down. I want to know, are you praying that I come out or are you praying that I stay in because me going through makes you look better? I don't want nobody who wants me to stay broke. I don't want nobody who wants me to stay in the storm. I want somebody to say, I'm praying you come out or whatever you in. Somebody say, pray the right words for me don't pray against my children pray for my children don't pray against my church somebody tell me I'm praying for the church what are you praying that we stay like this I don't want nobody praying that we stay like this somebody pray that I grow joy you said I'm praying for you I'm praying for you that though you fail your faith not fail Say what? Say who? You mean I'm going to fail? You didn't pray that I wouldn't fail. You prayed that when I fail, that my faith not fail. I want you to look at somebody right now. They might not hear what you say, but look at them and say, you're going to fail. 
Oh, I know it's the wrong person. They don't want to hear it. They say, that's so, that, that's not positive. I speak affirmations over my life and I say good things about myself. I never tell myself that I'm going to fail. I speak energy into myself and I, I bathe with rocks and crystals and I say good things over myself and I listen to Iyanla Van Zant and, and I am speaking great things about myself and here you tell me to confess and I believe in the power of words and I believe in the power of confessions and you're telling me to speak that I will fail the devil rebuke you well I'm going to tell you there's a failure in all of us he says you will fail but I pray that when you fail you don't stop believing that is the difference between the one who stays down and the one who gets back up the reason that you can't keep me down is because I don't believe my life is supposed to stay here I believe that though I go down I can bounce back up and I want to know is there anybody in the room who you got a bouncer inside of you that no matter what happens you keep bouncing back up and people who keep trying to hold your party and say it's over for you you keep showing up at the party and say you thought I was through that was only intermission my next half is going to be better than my first half because though I fail my faith didn't fail. I never forgot who I was. I ne- That's what brought the prodigal son back home. He said, I believe I'm more than the thing I'm becoming a part of. I believe that I'm better than this. Somebody holler out in the room, I believe I'm better than this. That's what Jesus was saying to Peter. Though you fail, don't become a failure. You can have the action and not become the thing fail but don't become a failure he said believe that you can come back someone say I can come back I just want you to high five a few people since we we are regulating some things right now you can touch people again just high five somebody say I'm coming back I'm I'm coming back he said to Peter he said Peter responds he said oh Lord I'll never fail he said I'll, I'll never do that and Jesus said to him he said you're going to deny me and Peter said, oh, I'll never deny you. You've been so good to me. I mean, you, you're the only reason I'm here. Like, I would never fail you. I'll, I'll never do anything. And Jesus says, oh, Peter, you don't even know what you're capable of. He says, before the rooster crows three times, you have already denied me. Do you know some of you don't even know what you're capable of doing? You should never say what you'll never do. If you've never been in that situation before, you don't know what it's like to do something you said you would never do until you get a situation you have never been in. And you look at yourself and say, I told myself I would never be sitting here screaming over somebody who wanted to leave me. I told myself I would never slit somebody's tire. I told myself I would never grab the other woman. I told myself, I would, and now look at yourself holding her up by the thread of her hair and pulling it and choking it. I'm sorry, wrong, wrong church. My bad. My bad. Look at somebody say, I said I'd never do it. I, I said I, I, I wouldn't be that one. I, I'd never do it. My bad. But Jesus said, you don't know yourself. So he goes on and he goes on through this text and he talks to them and he talks to them about going out and not being concerned about money and God will provide for them. Don't be so concerned about an assignment that you won't fulfill your assignment unless they pay you. Because there are sometimes you'll be called to do something of which there is no payment for. But the payment's not there to see if you're really called to do it. There will be times that I'll ask you to do things that might seem beneath you, but I'm trying to see, is there a servant in you? I know you got the position, but are you a servant leader? Or are you a leader who serves? There is a difference. So I'm trying to see what, can I preach the Bible? I'm just trying to, I've been off for two weeks. So I've been spending time with them. Trying to ask, are you really doing what you do for a check? Or are you doing it because you got delivered? Because my deliverance produces gratitude. Check produces higher. Some things I do because I'm paid to do it. And if I'm not paid to do it, I cease to do it. 
Jesus said there will be things that you will be called to do that there will be no check for, but don't worry about it. I will provide for you. Someone say he will provide. I know y'all be glad when I get out of that. I'm done. Someone say he's done. That was it. Nobody come by. I ain't trying to get nobody's life together. I'm done. It's just a word. Ain't my word. But he goes on and then it says, and then when he came out of that conversation, came out of that time with them, came out of that particular time of Lord's Supper and talking about them, talking about who's the greatest and talking to Peter and talking about money, all that type of stuff. Then it says he went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. This is where we are today. He went as his custom to the Mount of Olives. And when he got to the Mount of Olives, uh, Mount of Olives, it says that when he got there, the disciples followed him. There was a continuation of conversation. And when he came to the place, someone say the place. I want to ask you, where's your place? Because Jesus had a place where he went to pray. Do you have a place you go to pray? Now don't get quiet now. I was talking about all the drama earlier. Y'all like, say it, say it, say it. But when I talk about the place of prayer. Because if you have no place of prayer, you don't have a place of preparation. There has to be a place where Jesus meets you. There has to be a place where you can hear from God. There has to be a place where metaverse cannot find you. There has to be a place where there is no Instagram interruption. There has to be a place where Facebook is not messing with your mind. And there has to be a place where algorithms do not matter. But my asking matters and my seeking matters. And him talking to me and me talking to him. Come on, Missionary Baptist Saul. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it all right. Now I feel the prayer will turn in and the fire is burning. And just a little talk with Jesus. Somebody say, there's got to be a place that you talk to him. There's got to be a place where the wicked cease from troubling. There's got to be a place where, where can't nobody find you. There's got to be a place where the weary shall be at rest. There's got to be a place where your children say, hush, mama's praying right now. There's got to be a place where they say, daddy can't be bothered right now. There's got to be a place, daddy's on do not disturb. Well, I called his phone, he's praying. He's seeking God. There's got to be a place, somebody say, I got a place. Got to be a place at work. Well, you're still away. Get behind somewhere where can't nobody see you. They thought you went on break. You didn't go on break. You had to get a break. Someone said I had to go to a place I could get my breakthrough. Five o'clock ain't coming fast enough. I got to get in a place. I got to get to a place. Three o'clock's not coming fast enough. I got to get to a place. I feel devils all around me. I got to have a place. And if I don't have a place, I'm going to go crazy. Somebody said I got to have a place. Oh, you got to protect your place. You got to protect your place. It is a place that you say, you know what? I love you, but you can't come here. I think about you a great friend, but you can't come here because the reason I came here is because of you. I had to escape you because if I did not get away from you, I was going to smack your face. So I needed a place. Not promoting violence. Just need a place. So as I got to have a place. As was his custom, he went to his place. His custom, Christy, mean it was his habit. He didn't pray because something was going on. He prayed because it was his habit. That's what he always did. I want to ask yourself, what will people say you always do? It's a word. What will people say is your custom? When you're not around the room, what will people say? Well, what they normally do is... I want somebody to say about me what they normally do is pray. Before they respond, I was talking the other day. I was telling some of my, our team uh, that my mother got some bad news um, and uh, recently and some things that the doctors were praying for her. And, and some of the team knows different things. And, and she's uh, got something that's come up in her body. Women, you know, different things. But anyhow, but she's going to, uh, God's going to work it out. Someone said God's going to work it out. It's going to be fine. I ain't worried about it. So my dad was in the background when they told me, because I'm close to my mom, he said, did Mario say his normal response? And she said, I said, well, what's my normal response? He said, usually when you tell him something life-altering, he says, well, and that's it. And mama said, no, he actually said more than that this time. 
And he said, well, that's surprising. But my response was based on, if mama was fine, I'm fine. If mama was in a place of peace, I'm at peace. I'm not going to disturb the peace you already have. You need somebody in your life that when you're at peace, they don't mess with it. I'm good. Don't come in here messing my good. I know it's bad news, but I'm good about the bad news. I want somebody to say, don't mess with my place. Don't, don't mess with my place. Come on, don't nobody bring me no bad news. Don't nobody mess with my peace. I'm good. I'm good. I said, Mom, I, don't, I didn't even realize that I always say well. She said, usually your well means... I'm going to go pray about it, and then I'll come back and have a response. It means you're not going to get so wrapped up in the emotion of it. You got to go back and have a talk. Then you'll come back and get yourself together. You need somebody in your life who does not respond to your every emotion. You need somebody in your life who is not worked up because you're worked up. That says, I know you worked up, but I'm good. I'm fine. I got you covered right now. Someone say, I got you covered. Let me get out of this. This word is good to me, and I got to get out of this, Brandon. Stop it. So he went on as his custom. And, but what the thing about the custom was, what I'm trying to say, Sister Lot, is that even though the disciples knew his custom and his habit, so did Judas. Do you know your enemies know, just like your friends know, what you're capable of? Your haters or your enemies, excuse me, just as much as your followers are tracking your habits. Everybody around you is not for your good. So because Jesus knew something was coming down the pipeline, Jesus said to them, I pray, I want you to pray that you enter not into temptation. Since they went into the garden of Gethsemane. Now, why was the garden important? Because it was the garden that tempted the first Adam. <laughs> The garden tempted the first Adam, and the devil came to throw them off, and they got kicked out of the garden. So now they're in a garden again. And when they get in the garden this time, he says, pray that you not enter into the same temptation that messed us up the first time. Do you know the enemy only comes, I don't know who I'm helping. Do you know the enemy only comes at you with the same old stuff? He's so methodical. He don't even know how to come up with nothing new. He's so ignorant. He's so dumb. I know you hate it when I talk to you like that, but you know where you're going anyway. He's so dumb. He's so ignorant. He can't come up with nothing new. He tricks you with the same old stuff. The bad thing is we hadn't figured it out yet. So Jesus says, pray that you not enter into temptation. He talks to them, and then he, he basically says to them, he says, I want to make sure that you don't get thrown off. And it says, and he goes on, and he says, because when we're talking about it, it could go either way. The reason that he said that, and the reason he wanted to talk, is because what I know I'm getting ready to head into, if I'm not careful, instead of me making a decision, and instead of me going away, I will go no way. Someone say no way. Which means... It's the inability to make a decision. Okay. I'm at a crossroad where it could go this way and it could go this way. But because I'm scared of it going anyway, I go no way. So I don't make a decision. And what you don't understand is Lisa Turquoise says in the book, The Best Decision, Making Wise Decisions in the Midst of Endless Demands, that not making a decision is actually a decision. It's a decision to stay the same. When some of you are saying I'm not making a decision, you have made a decision not to change. Me saying I'm not making a decision is making a decision. And my decision is I'm not doing anything. I'm going to stay like this and expect something to change. But what I'm expecting to change is not me. Oh, this church is quiet and it's Episcopalian Sunday. Because I have, doubt, I have made a decision that something needs to change, but it ain't me. So when Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation, pray that your temptation is not you getting in the way. 
that you don't get to the point that you don't make a decision and you wind up your no decision is a decision. So then he goes on. Someone say, go on. Just go on. Just move on out of there. Some of y'all can't take it. I got to move on. I got to move on. He says, I, 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 I don't want to go no way. I, I got to make a decision. So he goes on. And then it says that he fell on his face. He fell down and prayed. And it says that when he fell down and prayed, he says, Father, if it be your will. Some of y'all don't pray on your knees, so this is, um, this is a different position that you've ever seen. You don't, see, to, to get, I, see, I'm sorry, Mama, um, Emma, when I was growing up, we were taught postures of prayer. We were taught to take off our hat. We were taught to close our eyes. And we were taught to bow our heads. And if you had a good deacon, they would get on their knees. It was a posture to say, That even though I'm great, I'm not greater than him. They would say heads bowed and body bent. I come before you. And they would come before themselves. I want to ask yourself, when's the last time you humbled yourself? And said, Lord, I know I'm great, but I'm not greater than you. Jesus, who was a son of God, even thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and became submissive. He humbled himself and he said, Father, if it be your will, let it pass from me. Now, why would he want it to pass from me? Because sometimes it could go either way. I can go no way or I can go my way. Because if it's your will, I mean, my way is I don't want it to happen. (laughs) Is there anybody right now who's in a my way season? Like, I know there's some things going on, but if I had my way, I wouldn't go through any of it. So, I I want my way. My way is the place of least resistance. My way is the place of least suffering. Like, I want to be made over, but I want to be made over my way. (laughs) I won't change, but I won't change my way. I want to be delivered, but I want to be delivered on my terms. I want to grow, but I want to grow my way. I know some of you don't want to be honest right now, but there are a lot of you who are in my way. Matter of fact, some of your friendships are in your way. (laughs) Because you can't get to where God wants you to be because people are in my way. I'm trying to move forward, but things are in my way. Somebody say it's in my way. It's in my way. It's it's where I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this thing. I'm looking at this thing I'm getting ready to go through. Jesus is saying, I'm looking at this cross. I'm saying this is going to be a gruesome thing. Uh, You wanted me to die for ungrateful people. Uh, I'm going to go through the streets looking at people that I once healed. That I once helped. I'm being sold out by somebody who I called. Somebody who was one of mine but sold me out. If I had my way, I wouldn't do it. Aren't you so glad that Jesus didn't do it his way? <laughs> aren't you so, matter of fact, aren't you so glad your name's not Jesus? Because if I had to die for y'all ninjas, <laughs> I'm not really sure, mama. I, I'm not really sure. I'm sorry, y'all. Like the pastor said that, I'm just really not sure. Because people, excuse me, I just can't, I just can't, because people are wishy-washy, people are strange, people will smile in your face and have a, have a dagger in their back, I don't know if I want to die for people, so Jesus show forth his humanity, looking at two different positions, <laughs> two different points of view, what are the points of view, one, naturally resistant, To be real honest, all of us are naturally resistant to change. Can we be honest? All of us are, myself included. We like the way things are. That's why the house right now is already debating over trying to make daylight saving time the same. Because we just have a hard time. Lost an hour, Lord. You aren't going to get up in the first place. And we just arguing about stuff. We're resistant to change. And it's so funny. We start at 1 o'clock and people still late. I'm sorry, did I, did I miss, I'm sorry, was that personal? I'm sorry. People coming at 1 o'clock p.m. saying good morning. 
getting on the microphone. Good morning, church. Last time I checked, it's 1 p.m. Because people, sorry, people are naturally resistant to change. So Jesus was showing that he was human, saying, I love you, Father, but your will is going to hurt me. Your will is going to cause me to go through something. So I'm naturally resistant to it, but he said, but if it's your will, means that he gets to a spiritually welcoming spot. There are many of you all who are in a battle between naturally resistant and spiritually welcoming. I don't want it, but I do want it. I know I need it, but I'm not sure I like it. I know something needs to change, but I'm not sure I want it to change right now. Is there anybody right now who's in those two different spots? But it goes on. I'm almost through here. We go on and it says that he's, he prayed and then he says, Father, if you're willing, let your cup pass from me. He says, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And verse 43 says, and there appeared to him an angel strengthening him, appeared an angel to him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, Alexis, I know you read more than I, you pray more than me, you speak in tongues more than me, you fast and seek God's face. But I'm a little slow. So I had to read it again. And when I saw an angel came there to strengthen him, I thought about all the things Jesus had done and there were no angels. But then I remembered when there was an angel and, and Deacon, uh, Deacon Sterling, the last time I saw an angel appear is when Jesus was coming out of the wilderness and getting ready to start his ministry. Jesus had just been tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, came out of the wilderness, and it says there an angel appeared. Y'all read the Bible? An angel appeared and strengthened him. So an angel came to strengthen him at the beginning. Then an angel came to strengthen him in the middle. Now, but the middle, this time the angel came for something different, Matt. The angel came there to encourage him for what he had been through when he came out. But this time when the angel appeared, the angel didn't appear to comfort him. This time when the angel came, the angel came to sustain him. Don't want you to miss it. See, he was saying, you just got through praying. God, I want this to pass for me. But if you don't, I want your will to be done. So then an angel came, meaning once you submit to God's will, God will send you aid. Once you to submit to God's plan, he'll send you aid. But Kia, what did the angel come to do to sustain him? Why did he sustain me? He said, I won't take it from you, but I'll sustain you in it. I'm not going to take the cross from you, but I'll sustain you while you're on the cross. Oh, church, there are a lot of us who are praying that things will be taken from us. But Jesus said, I'm not going to take it from you, but I'll sustain you while you're in it. We don't want to shout about that. Because a lot of us want to shout, oh, I had this hard day and he came and took it all away. He rolled dark clouds away. Yes, he'll hear you when you're praying. Oh, yes. We want to say all this stuff about what he will do and how he would take you out of stuff. But what happens when he doesn't take you out but keeps you in? Who's shouting about he didn't heal me from it, but he did walk with me through it? He did not take me out of the lion's den, but he did keep me, keep the lion from biting me. Did not take me out of the fire, but walk with me in the fire. Did not pay my bail, but walk with me while I taught me how to praise and worship while I was in prison. Gave me somebody named Saul, Silas. I was Paul. He was Silas. And we started praying. They wouldn't let me sing in church, but they let me sing in prison. And when I start singing in prison, all of a sudden, the prison bar walls open because I started learning how to worship in a locked up place. I want to know, is there anybody in the room who learned how to praise in the middle of it? Didn't change it, but walk with me through it. Send an angel to sustain me through it. He said, I'll walk with you through it. Someone say, he walked me through it. So after that, it says in verse 44, I'm through here. He says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. 
sweat became like great drops of blood sweat became meaning that what happens is you can be okay with God's will in one instant and then another minute you gotta go back and pray again some of y'all want me to hype you I can't hype you because some of y'all are at that place where you're like all right ask God to help me one time I gotta go ask him again do you know that deliverance is not a one-time thing do you know that change is not a one-time occurrence do you know it's an ongoing thing that God has to help me daily? Is there anybody in the room who could be honest and say, I'm, I'm, I'm saved right now at 231. But at 331, I'm going to have to ask him to help me again. I'm going to have to lean on him again. Is there anybody can be real honest right now? I'm doing good right now because I'm on a pew. I'm doing good right now because I know I'm supposed to look like everything's cool. But 4 o'clock is coming. Monday is coming. Tuesdays are coming. And I'm going to have to go pray again and ask him for help again. And we don't talk about the again. We make these posts today. We get out of church and we post on Facebook. God bless me. I got delivered. Today you did. My question is, can you stay delivered till Wednesday? It's good to be delivered around other people who don't know you for real. I feel like walking. That's a whole <laughs> there are people, if you can put on a united front around people who do not know you. But I want to know who are you when nobody is looking. <laughs> I mean, I know you look nice. You look so nice. You look so nice. You look so nice. You look so beautiful wonderful but some of you got your church face on that's good I don't want the pastor to know what I be doing I don't it, who are me who are me you don't know what I be doing you see how quiet y'all got because the pastor's supposed to be perfect but y'all ain't I'm supposed to live what you don't live because my pastor cannot fail me but we fail God all the time why y'all looking like that like we want everything cool everything is fine praise oh there's a pastor oh he's so one oh he prays and he seeks God's face but what about you Like, Pastor Mario, Mel, come here real quick. Look, don't you look nice with a hat? Come on, show the people. Look, Mel, let me ask you a question before the people and before God in this sacred day. Who are you going to get on the cross for? Me. <laughs> you see how selfish we are? That's why y'all got to pray for us. We don't love y'all like that. I ain't getting on the cross for nobody. Mel says she's getting on the cross for herself. You didn't even say me. Go sit down. I got you. I got you. I was an afterthought. That's what I'm saying. Me, her, and Miles, who I'm not even going to call on because he ain't even going to do nothing. Hey, Miles, he ain't concerned about none of y'all ninjas. Nobody. We are all self-entitled. Self it's me. If there was a fire that happened in this room, Sister Minor, everybody's going to run for themselves. Come here real quick. Guy, right? What's your name? Come here real quick. Max. Come here, Max. Brother Max. Are y'all dating or are y'all married? Dating. All right. I'm so glad because I, I didn't want to call y'all out. So happy dating. Just <laughs> Let me ask you something, Brother Max, because this is going to determine if y'all get another date. <laughs> in the events, Brother Max, that there is a fire that happens in this room. Are you going to grab sister's hand and make sure she comes out with you? Or are you going to run for yourself? I'm going to grab her hand. Come on here. You better keep him. Bring him back to church. God bless you. God bless you. Who can find a good man? Y'all got these men who don't want nobody but themselves. He said he's going to grab. What's your name? Gloria. Uh-huh. Lauren, come on, Lauren. You better call your mama and say, I got a man who grabbed me in the fire. <laughs> but when Jesus went back to pray again, why am I walking? I feel like Creflo Dollar. When Jesus was walking, 
Sorry. When Jesus was when, when Jesus went back to pray, he went back to pray to say, perhaps I say yes today, but my yes has not entered my spirit yet. Perhaps I say yes because it's Sunday, but I can't yes on say yes on Tuesday. Because you do know you can say a yes more than you can live a yes. And there are a lot of us who live, we say better than we live. Many of you all, come on church, many of y'all can talk a good game. You talk well, you say nice things, but when it comes to real trials and tribulations, where are you in the middle of the battle? Jesus went back to pray because he said, this thing is coming and I want to make sure my yes means yes. That this thing is real. Come on, somebody say, this thing's got to be real. I'm sorry, Cam. I'm sorry, Portia. I didn't mean to do that to you. I'm so sorry. I felt like walking. Because what happened, I'm still walking, my bad. Because the thing is, because <laughs> you can have no way, my bad, I'm sorry, y'all. No way, I feel close to y'all like this. No way, my way, or the general consensus way. The general consensus means, whatever you feel some of you have general consensus friends they do not pray they check the wind whichever way society goes whichever way is popular whichever way people say because what they say is that's why jesus said to him he as he said to them he says who do men say that i am general consensus who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you are. Some say you are. And some of y'all got some say friends. Some say spouses. Some say cousins. Some say parents. They don't know what they believe. They listen to the general consensus. But Jesus said, I don't want to know what some say. Who do you say? what that means is I don't know what some say about Jesus I gotta know him for myself somebody say what I know about him for myself I feel like walking and preaching somebody say I know him for myself uh, what I know about him for myself I heard about the things he did but who would have thought I'd get to know him like this I want somebody to open your mouth for a second and say what I know about Jesus for myself come on give him a praise based on what you know about him for yourself because the general consensus will change because the general consensus, the consensus is based on a forecast there is a forecast and a chance for rain there is a chance for this. I don't want no fair weather chance people around me. When it's time for me to do something in my life, I need you to be sure. Draw a line in the sand and tell me whose side are you on. Are you on the Lord's side or are you on the devil's side? I need you to draw a line in the sand and say, I know what I know. Somebody holler at your boy and say, I know what I know. general consensus he said it's general consensus uh, excuse me I feel I feel my help's creeping up because some of y'all need to draw a line in the sand right now because you got some people around you that can't make a decision you got a people around you that can't, can't make a decision and for what God wants to do with you you needed to tell them right now I need you to go ahead and tell me are you on the Lord's side or are you not because where I'm going I need somebody to pray for me I need somebody to cover me I need somebody to be there for me I don't need you to abandon me when I'm in the battle so he said general consensus which is to say you don't have to go through it but Jesus said but nevertheless your will be done not my will be done which is to say you got to move from no way my way the general consensus way to God's way which is to say you might not make it easy but at least you'll be with me in it you might not snatch it from me, but you walk with me through it. And I want to minister to somebody as I'm through here. It could go either way, but this is the thing about it. it could go either way, Belinda. You choose the way. 
Jesus made a choice. He could have not done it, but he made a choice. And I'm asking you today, what choice are you making? Like, you're in the middle of a road. It could go this way. It could go that way. It could go no way. Or it can go God's way. What choice are you going to make today? What are you choosing to do today? And I believe that there's some people right here in this room. You're at the valley of decisions. And you're wrestling not with a decision. You're wrestling with God. And there's a Broadway show, a Broadway song that they sing. It says, your, your arm's too short to box with God. I'm going to tell you, you can't fight with God. You'll lose every time. So if there's anybody right now, everybody stand to your feet all over the room. Stand to your feet. I'm through. If that message ministered to you, clap your hands all over the room. I'm through. Woo. I'm through. I'm sorry, Ari. Sorry, Portia. Sorry, Kia. I'm trying to prepare y'all for worldwide ministry where we have cameras everywhere and it just follows me wherever I go. Who can tell which way the winds blows? But the Lord told me to minister this message today because some of you are at a crossroad. One of your crossroads is you don't want to make a decision, but you're not making a decision is making a decision. Or you're trying to go your way and your way, you already know where that's going to take you. And then you know, listening to people, people can never be trusted completely. And you know where that's going to take you. But broad is the way that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way that leads to life. That's God's way. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.